I'm Granny McDuff. Join me for a new story every week or listen to all of my stories anytime. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Go to storicmedia.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-C-M-E-D-I-A.com for more information. Podcast Network Asia. This is You the Mom Podcast, your go to podcast on anything and everything mommy related. Brought to you by Mommy Mundo and Podcast Network Asia. Hello, mamas. Welcome to another episode of You the Mom podcast. I am Janice, founder of Mommy Mundo, and I'm so excited about today's thought starter topic. And that is how to make a baby boy or baby girl. So if you're here listening, that must mean that the title of the podcast made you think about the topic, whether it's really possible to actually influence the gender of your baby. Or maybe like me, you had some experience with this, like wanting to actually have a certain sex of your baby, either a boy or a girl for whatever reason. And maybe you can naturally um, sway the possibilities of a specific gender to either side. You know, I did my research for this podcast and there's actually a term called gender swaying now. So gender swaying and There's so much information that you can find online and I thought that it was time to talk about it. Okay, so some reasons why people would want to have a boy or a girl would be that, well, maybe you have uh, one or more of a certain gender of children already, like you already have a boy and you want the girl to even it out. Or maybe you have like a friend of mine has three boys and she wants a girl So she has kakampe, uh, right? There is a term also called gender, no, family balancing. Family balancing. So maybe that's one reason. Another one is because of beliefs that um, an el- your eldest should be a boy or a girl, or having a boy is lucky, while having a girl is um, a blessing because the girl is more nurturing and will take care of her siblings after her. Or maybe your family just has more, more boys than girls or vice versa and you'd want the taste of the other side, right? So whatever reason, um, it is actually not unusual to have a certain preference uh, for your next baby, especially nowadays, I guess, when we also have to think of the economic reasons that when, when we have a child of the expenses that come with having a child. So we don't have much leeway like unlike me and my family there's seven of us not many can actually afford to raise seven kids in a comfortable life now so we have to be more choosy if we could so i'm also excited to share about this topic because i had my own experience with it as i said and um, i'll tell you about that later but before i dive deep into this topic um i'd like to have some disclaimers first Okay, so the number one disclaimer is, obviously, I am not a doctor nor am I a medical professional. 
whatever I'm going to share here have been researched on the web. You can do it yourself and do that as well. Uh, I just thought of bringing it up today as a point of very interesting and rich discussion. Um, the second one is that uh, I am not uh, here or I don't even support interfering with God's will or nature. Um, the best we can do is try to follow whatever will be shared here, but in the end, it is still hit or miss. Nothing I will say here is 100% guaranteed. So we really are dependent on God's will and that is life, right? Um, the third is to always ask your doctor if you're going to follow anything here, especially the tips on um, diet and nutrition. And the fourth here, the fourth disclaimer is, if you are going to follow the tips I share here and the result is not um, what you wanted, you cannot hold me liable for whatever, okay? And in the end, after all, any baby is a blessing. Whatever baby comes to our lives, whether a boy or a girl or any gender, right, is a blessing from the Lord. Uh, it is meant for us and um, there's no other way to look at it, okay? So really, this discussion is just for fun. And I'm also really curious to know how many of you out there uh, went through what I did, okay? And let's see uh, what comes out of this podcast, right? Um, either way, I'm just looking forward to a very interesting um, hour with you. So let's get to it. <laughs> I want to share with you first um, my experience with my husband on gender swaying. Okay, so in our case, it was family balancing. Now that's the term that I just learned as well through my research today and as you know i have three children um i had two boys at the beginning and then by the time um, my second son was i think around five years old or six years old my husband and i decided it was time to think about our third baby and of course we wanted to try for a girl because we felt that it was going to be our last baby Okay, so we were hoping for a girl and praying for a girl. At the same time, I also researched on things that we could do to influence um, having a girl. So what I did was I googled on the internet how to make a baby girl. And so many websites came up. Okay, um, Honestly, if I remember correctly at the time, there were not very many, if at all, medical websites or even parenting magazines or uh, motherhood publications, e-publications that was really talking about this topic or had any scientific, scientifically based information on this topic. Most of the information I got were from forums or just online discussions. It was quite informal, like they would say, oh, you can try this one or drink more orange juice and you will have a baby girl. But no guarantees. I'm not sure if it worked for me, but I ended up with a girl. Very, very random informal sharings like that, which was still interesting. So what I did was I printed it all out and I 
fastened it together in a folder. And that's what I would call my baby making handbook or my baby girl making handbook to be specific. So after that, my husband and I said, okay, game, let's try every tip. Um, we were choosing among all the tips that sounded interesting or some were quite easy to follow. And we just said, might as well, what the heck, try it and see. And after a whole year of going through that uh, fastened bundle of paper, right, my Googled information, we just weren't getting pregnant. We were getting concerned that the gap between my son and our third baby would be getting wider and wider. So what we did was we said, throw this caution to the wind and what the heck, just try and get pregnant and leave it up to God. And that's what we did. So I told him, leaving it up to God means 50-50, right? So 50% boy, 50% girl. Um, but that's what we did. And we just stormed the heavens for a baby girl. I also remember that my mother-in-law who was abroad at the time, she messaged that she was visiting as many churches as she, as she could and um, praying for us too. And maybe after all the prayers, that's why we had a little daughter after that and we're so thankful for it. So I guess this is to share with you that um, the tips that we tried in the manual were actually maybe not effective um, because we were trying for a girl and the girl is harder to conceive. I'll share with you why I think so later and let me know what you think. Okay, so that's my story. Now let's go on to the actual tips. Okay, so let's get started. First of all, I decided not to talk about the technology-based techniques. Like for example, there are two that I came across uh, and I prefer not to discuss it. They are the pre-implantation genetic diagnosis that's used in conjunction with IVF. Or the second one I came across is called sperm sorting. Okay, so I do not feel confident about speaking about these techniques because I am not a doctor nor a scientist. Um, secondly, I think that these techniques will be for moms and dads who have very deep pockets and probably not very accessible to a lot of us, a majority of us. Um, I'm not even sure actually if they are being done in Manila. Okay, and the third is my own opinion is that the, these techniques would be closer to meddling with nature and um, I'm not really comfortable yet with that notion. Okay, so that is just my opinion and I'd love to hear your opinion about whether you think um, these techniques are already going um, above the boundaries of what we humans should be doing. Okay, but for now, our discussion will revolve around things that we could do, so the mom-to-be and the dad-to-be, um, to sway the gender of your baby to be either a boy or a girl. Okay, so remember I told you about my baby girl manual and the info that I had then was more about diet and nutrition and sex positions and attire and what the mom or dad should be 
wearing. Okay, so I'll explain to you about that here. So first of all, um, in terms of the diet of the mom, they say that um, women who eat more calories or food that are high caloric, okay, are more likely to conceive a baby boy. Studies have shown that women who eat more calories um, around the time of conception are likely to have a boy. And this was on a 2008 study of 740 British women, which were grouped into three categories, whether they took high calorie food, moderate, moderately high caloric food, and low caloric food. And the authors found out that 56% of the women in the high caloric um, segment had baby boys compared to the other groups. Okay, so in relation to that, there's um, findings that women producing male infants consume more cereals than those with female infants. Okay, so this does not mean that if you want a baby boy, that you should start indulging yourself in high caloric foods. Okay, so it's important for us to keep our diets healthy at all times. So try not to listen to this one too much. Um, maybe you can use this as a guide on what your current state is and then see what your possible baby would come out based on your current um, nutritional habits. But if you want to influence the gender of your baby based on what the components of your nutrition intake is, there is now actually such a thing as a boy-baby diet and a girl-baby diet. Okay, so the findings are based on the fact or, um, yeah, it's a fact that acidic conditions are said to kill the sperm that makes baby boys. So if you want to have a baby girl, you should condition your body into a, having a more alkaline um, environment. So the baby-boy diet says that you should increase potassium intake, meaning you eat more foods such as bananas, melon, um, spinach, broccoli, potatoes, mushrooms, and peas, etc. And increase sodium intake, so meaning take salted nuts or canned fish. And then lower your calcium intake, meaning take less dairy or beans and seeds or almonds. Um, and you have to keep your glucose level elevated. So that's why with the baby girl diet, they say that you should actually lower your salt intake or actually skip your salt intake. So reduce salted and processed foods, lower your potassium intake, meaning less um, bananas, melon, and citrus, citrus foods, increase your calcium intake, meaning take more dairy, more beans and lentils and seeds, increase magnesium, which um, comes from leafy greens, um, whole grains, salmon, and dark chocolate, among others. Okay, so during my time, um, there was not very specific lists like this, but I guess with uh, more experience as the years went on, there have been more findings about how sodium and potassium actually affect the alkalinity of the body of the mom. Um, so this is worth a try. Um, again, do this in moderation because 
honestly, lowering your sodium or putting up your glucose level is not a very um, advisable thing to do. But if you're able to ask your doctor for advice, just make sure you stay healthy and make healthy choices. So the next tip is on <laughs> sex positions. Okay, so it's also said that the position of the couple during sexual intercourse also has an effect on the gender of the baby. So this is kind of linked to the fact um, or the findings of the Shettles method, which I will explain later on. But it basically says that the boy making sperm um, swims faster and is able to uh, fertilize the egg faster if you have or if you do um, sexual intercourse in a position that allows deeper penetration um, in the woman. Okay, while the missionary position would work better if you wanted a baby girl. Okay, so um, there are other evidences that show about or actually I would call them superstitions about who has an orgasm first and all of that. There are no um, basis for those things. But they say that, okay, the theories say that women's orgasms move sperm closer to the cervix and that makes um, it more possible to have the male sperm fertilize the egg faster than the female sperm. Okay, so we'll talk about this more later when I discuss the Shettles method. Okay, and then the third tip would be about workouts. Okay, so this will make those who are trying for baby boys a bit happier if you are having a sedentary lifestyle because those who have no workouts apparently tend to sway towards baby boys while those women who are into strength training and workouts or into weight loss programs is said to sway towards baby girls. Okay, And then the fourth tip is on sleep attire. Okay, so this depends on what your husband or the dad-to-be prefers to wear at night. So there's a theory that tight underwear produces boys. This is for the men, okay? If the, ma the male wears tight underwear, there are more chances apparently that he will produce more boy-making sperm and loose apparel leads to girls. So if you're hobby or partner prefers to wear boxers um, or loose um, trunks, um, then there would be more chances apparently of your baby becoming girl. But if your husband or partner prefers to wear um, tight briefs, then that would mean um, there are more chances of making a baby boy. Okay, but male fertility researcher Dr. Sarah Meacham says there is no data to support this idea. Um, it, she just says that tight pants can affect a male's fertility. So I guess in general, if you're really bent on having a baby and getting pregnant, just stay away from wearing tight pants, daddies to be. Okay? Okay, now we come to the most interesting tip, which is the Shettles method. Okay. Among all the tips that I mentioned today, this one for me has the most credibility or the most 
probability of effectiveness. Okay. Why? Because the explanation makes a lot of sense to me. So let me know if you agree or not. Okay, the Shettles method is based on the biological fact that the male sperm, which carries a Y chromosome, swims faster than the girl-making girl sperm, which carries the Y chromosome. So they swim faster, but they do not live as long as the female-making um, X chromosome. Okay, so that means that the female-making X chromosome swims slower, but they live longer. Now, this means that if a couple is trying to have a baby boy, okay, and they have intercourse um, on the day of ovulation, meaning their peak fertile period, that means that the baby boy making sperm, the one with the Y chromosome, will reach the egg faster because the egg is released right there because it's your ovulation period. Thus, the, the, one, the sperm that will fertilize the egg at that time will result in a baby boy. Now, if you want to try for a baby girl, what you need to do is to have sexual intercourse um, two to three days, some say three to four days, but I think that's kind of too far, which is why we weren't getting pregnant at the time. Two to three days before your ovulation period so that by the time the egg is released, um, the male-making chromosome would have already died because they don't um, survive long enough, right? And by the time the X chromosome, which makes a female baby, swims slower, right? They swim slower. By the time they reach the egg, it fertilizes it, and this will result in a baby girl. So this is super, super interesting to me because um, if indeed uh, the findings on the length of the lifespan and uh, the speed of how the Y chromosome moves and X chromosome moves is really factual, then this makes a lot of sense. It also connects to the um, sex positions theory that if you want a baby boy, then you should have sexual intercourse with the deeper penetration so that the Y chromosome sperm will reach your egg Faster. You're basically putting the Y chromosome sperm closer to the egg. Now, here's a disclaimer. This theory has been debated, okay? In the 1995 study in the New England Journal of Medicine, there has been a publication that says that there's no evidence found that the timing of intercourse had any effect on the baby's genders. However, um, for me, okay, just for me, when I think about my friends who have had um, unexpected babies, like my friends who got married um, out of wedlock or <clears throat> my friends who were married but then they didn't expect to get pregnant, more often than not, um, would have a baby girl. So at the time I checked, um, I believe around 8 out of 10 among my friends or the people I knew 
supported this fact. A lot of those who had accidental babies, quote unquote, um, had baby girls. Okay. Um, that also counts my friends who had irregular periods because when you have an irregular period, it's hard to find out when you would be really ovulating unless you do the basal temperature method, right? To check your temperature to plot your ovulation. But then I don't know a lot of people who do that because it's quite tedious, right? So if you're irregular and it's hard for you to track your ovulation, sometimes you think you're safe, but you're not. And so... Um, that's why you get pregnant and usually it's a baby girl because you think that you're not um, fertile but if you do it two to three days before your ovulation you still end up with a baby girl okay so that's just my theory okay so that's the shackles method okay so with that you know that there's a 50 50 chance of having boy or girl still so why not try it anyway okay and lastly there is also that gen chinese gender prediction chart for some reason, I had this Chinese gender prediction chart um, folded up in my notebooks when I was still in high school. Um, it was a photocopied thing that went around because at the time, there was no computers yet, right? So, um, if nowadays you just share memes or you share stuff that you see online through, through social media or DMs, at the time, we photocopy things and <laughs> pass it around like a flyer. And I had this Chinese gender prediction chart table. It was folded up and I put it in my notebook. And my friends and I in high school would just check out um, if it was accurate. And I came from a family of seven kids. I was the number six of seven. And it was just fun to check like um, when my baby, my when my brother or sister was born and check if it, there was a G or a B in that box. And based on that, know if the gender prediction chart was actually valid. Now, honestly, I don't remember anymore if it was accurate. Maybe I should do that and add it to this podcast before I publish it. But I do remember that it was quite accurate. Maybe not 100% in my family of seven kids, but I know that there was a lot of hits if you're going to use this, okay, you can just Google gen Chinese gender prediction chart online and you'll find it there. Just remember that you have to add plus one in your year of birth because um, apparently in the Chinese culture, you count the age of the baby from the time of conception. So it's not from the time you come out of this world. It's from the time of conception. So the year would be a plus one. Okay. Okay, and before we end, um, there is also a tip on vaginal washes. Okay, they say that um, if you want a baby boy, okay, so if you want a baby boy, then you have to again have an alkaline um, area, right? Um, alkaline body. So you should um, use vaginal washes because it creates. Um, alkalinity inside the private parts of the the women okay now if you want an a baby girl then stay away from the vaginal washes so that's it for all my tips on how to make a baby boy or baby girl okay so um what do you think about all that i shared today 
did you try any of them before or are you going to try any of them if you're planning to have another baby i would love to know okay i want also to again remind us all that having a baby is a blessing whether a boy or a girl um that is meant for us and we should welcome the baby with open arms and we know that the baby is given by the lord to us Okay, I also want to take this opportunity to cite my sources. Again, I checked my, um, I checked Google for the latest updated information that I can share with you today. And I want to acknowledge um, whattoexpect.com, myzimi on YouTube, parenting.com, and quickanddirtytricks.com. Okay, so this was a super fun topic, very interesting one, I must say, and. Let me know how um, I helped you, if I did in any way, or if I just made you laugh, or remember also your own stories about how you tried to gender sway. Okay. Now, if you listen to this podcast and you want to share your thoughts, screenshot your phone screen and share it on social. Tag me at Mommy Mundo and hashtag You The Mom Podcast. And every month we will choose a winner. Um, and award a 2,000 peso gift certificate to the Mommy Mundo e-commerce shop. So hope to see you guys on social, my You The Mom listeners. So that's it for another episode of You The Mom. I always have fun sharing ideas with you. Thank you for listening. Again, this is Janice, founder of Mommy Mundo. I believe that motherhood should always be celebrated and cherished. And you moms should always be celebrated and cherished. So that's why we say, you the mom. Thank you for listening to You the Mom podcast, brought to you by Mommy Mundo and Podcast Network Asia. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show for more episodes. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>